Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. All right, if you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of John. And I want to, before I get into the scriptures, John chapter 14. Before we read any of those scriptures, I want to just kind of give you a little, little, um, a little, um, background of where this this message came from uh, one morning I decided to go on a hike all by myself I uh, left the family at home in the bed and and I took off on a hike and I didn't want to go far like going somewhere real far away and hiking I, and actually initially I had planned to go out to South Mountain and drive down there and, and uh, I couldn't find my hiking boots I found one, but I couldn't find the other. So I took that as God saying, you don't need to go to South Mountain. <laughs> go somewhere where you, could, where you could walk with tennis shoes. So uh, I went up to Lake James, and I, I knew about Lake James, the Fontaflor bike trail. Uh, Dr. Gould and I had, had been there before. He had taken me and ran away from me there before. And I was thankful that I wasn't on a bike this time. I just decided to walk it with my tennis shoes. And it's about... It's about close to four miles, and uh, and and it was it was just a wonderful, wonderful day, and from almost the very beginning of the hike until the time that I finished, uh, I got a message from the Lord, and He shared that message with me the whole time on the hike, and if you've been on that trail before, if you've ever been on the Fontaflor Trail, again it's about uh, four miles, and it makes a loop, and. Um, and it's kind of like a canopy. You're you're in the woods, but it's 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 you're you're really the the woods themselves kind of put a canopy over you so that you can't really the sun really doesn't beat down on you very hard. And um, and, and so during that time, um, here's what I believe the Spirit of God gave me, and for me and for you. And that is this question right here. And I want you to consider this question: How personal? is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? How personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And so I want to kind of look at that this morning, and I want you to kind of judge for yourself that question. How personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? How personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it personal by why, the way we're going to define personal? Because I believe everything hinges on that. Everything hinges on how personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I submit to you that it's the very reason Jesus came. It's the very reason God came and sent Jesus to the earth. It's for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just a word, not just a name that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of people would say that. Matter of fact, let me just survey here this morning. How many of you would say, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That you would use that term if someone asked you, do you have a personal relationship? You would say, yes, I have a personal relationship 
with Jesus Christ. So what I want us to do this morning is to quantify that. What does that mean to truly have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I suspect that most Christians do not have a personal, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I suspect that most people that call themselves Christian are in the right by calling themselves a Christian, but not necessarily right about saying that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's examine that just a minute. I want to share a few scriptures with you. you guys getting me right back there? So if you would turn in John chapter 14, I'm going to read about three scriptures to you or three passages of scripture. John chapter 14 and verse 15 reads, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, we know if you've been here for any time, that word another means uh, one just like the first. So if someone says another shoe, it would be a shoe just like the other one. And so when we talk about another here, it's not just another advocate separate from the one that they're talking about. He's saying, I'm going to give you one allos. I'm going to give you one just like me. I'm going to give you me. That's what he's saying to his disciples. I'm going to give you me. I'm going to give you me. Now let that sink in just a minute. I'm going to give you me. And the beauty of that is this, because Jesus knew that he was going to go to the Father. He says, but if you will stick around for a little while, I'm going to send back to you me. I'm going to send back to you me, but I'm not going to be in a bodily form. I'm going to be in a spiritual form. And when I come, I'm not just going to be in a few of the prophets. I'm not just going to be in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, or the kings, or any of those. He says, I'm going to be in everyone. And, your, and your, 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 your people, because of me being with them, they're going to have dreams and they're going to have visions. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to be around them. I'm going to be through them. So here in this particular scripture, again, it says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will, give you the and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Am, am I all right? Can y'all hear me? Okay. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. So when he talks about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ. Who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. To me, that is the sum total of the gospel right there. That he, Jesus, Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing, his essence of who he is, his spiritual being is going to be in us, living in us, walking with us on a day-to-day -day basis rising up with us in the morning, laying down with us in the evening, 
being with us all the time, able to question him at any time. He said, I won't leave you as orphans. I'll be with you. And so I submit again, how personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And we're going to examine that in full in just a minute. Turn to John chapter 15 and verse 13. Now this is wonderful right here. This is just absolutely powerful. Verse 13 says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, I have many friends. And I'm certain that many of you all have many friends. But let me ask you all a question. How many of your friends are you willing to lay your life down for? How many of your friends are you willing to, to literally die for? And, and, and it's nothing against you if, if you wouldn't be willing to die for all of your friends. Right? There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Listen, I, I've got many friends, but I'm not going to die for all of them. But my wife is my best friend. I'll die for her. I'll die for her. I will put myself in harm's way for her. If it were between her living and me living, I would say take me first. I'd be the same way with my, my parents. I'd be the same way with my children. Tim and Naomi, you guys would just have to, <laughs> I just have to get it the best way you can. <laughs> because I have great love for them. I have great love. And I'm not saying that there are not others that I would not die for, uh, you know, depending on what's going on. I may, but I don't know that. But I do know that those, those right here, I would die for them. He says, greater love have no man than this, and the man lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends. Let's count them off. There is greater love than, than, love than to lay down one's life for his friends. One, right? And then Jesus says these powerful words. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Now notice it sounds like the only way we can become his friends is if we do what he commands. I don't believe it's saying that necessarily. I'm saying that we can't have relationship with him unless we're willing to be in partnership with him by doing what he tells us to do. If we're going to be friends, how can we be friends and be at odds with one another? Right? So it's, it's, it's not saying this as a qualification for friendship from the standpoint of uh, unless I be, I'm obedient, uh, I can't be a friend. No, it is the necessity or that's what makes a friendship is that we learn how to live together. We actually honor and respect one another's words. We are friends. We're friends. And because we're friends... I trust him. I trust him with my life. 
You know, the beginning of the whole sabbatical thought for me was this. I was with my friend, Greg Marquez, and he's one of my very, very good friends, uh, one of my best friends. And, and one day we were, this was after the 20th year um, uh, anniversary, and I was sitting at home, and he said to me, he said, George, he says, you look tired. I'm like, well, it's been a long weekend, you know, it's 20th anniversary weekend. He says, no, he says, he says, you look dangerously tired. That caught my attention. It caught my attention because he's my friend. And he speaks. We speak to one another that way. We're candid with one another that way. We're transparent with one another that way. And lo and behold, after he said that, uh, Tim, my brother-in-law, came to the house. And he says, you know, they're having a, they're having a, a pastor's um, a retreat up at the cove. I said, yeah. He says, would you like to go? And I'm like, yeah, I suppose I should consider that. I, I should consider that. After that, and this happened within hours, like, like maybe not even an hour or so after I got that particular word from Greg Marquez, uh, he comes up almost like appointed by God, like the prophet of God comes up and tells me about this retreat. So I took the tree. It's about a two, a one and a half day retreat. Spent the night up there. Well, guess what the man was speaking on that was up there the whole time? He was talking about rest. And he was talking about his own need for rest and how his church uh, created a sabbatical policy for him. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. But the reason... I was up there was because of the word from a friend and that friend and then um, my brother-in-law Tim came up and he shared that with me and I went up there and they talked about the sabbatical and so five years later that's why I took the sabbatical I probably would never have taken a sabbatical at least not now unless I got those two connections but I received it from a friend See, we don't receive information from acquaintances the same way we receive them from a really good friend. Acquaintances can say a whole lot of things. We don't necessarily adhere to what they say, but we do adhere to what a friend tells us. Now listen a little further here. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Slaves do this. Slaves go to church. Because the master has told them to go to church. Slaves give tithes and offerings, not out of a sense of sonship, but out of, I got to. And if they can get away with it, they won't. Slaves do everything because they're conscious of reprisal, consequences, discipline. Not out of sonship. Are y'all with me? Now listen, this is wonderful here. It says, no longer I call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. How many times is that? Is that the third time? You are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. 
And I appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. He says, I chose you what? I chose you to be my friend. I chose you to be my friend. Think about that just for a minute. The one who is responsible for the universe, the one who is in heaven above, who came down to earth in the form of flesh, the one who was in the beginning with God, the Word Himself, has chosen, has chosen you. You didn't choose Him, He chose you to be His friend. He chose you to be His friend. He's, he, he's not asking us. He's not, he's not uh, we're not friend-seeking. We're not projecting our need for attention from a friend. We're not trying to get a friend. You know, sometimes you can be, you can, you can push people away just trying to be friends. You know what I'm saying? Out of your need for a friend. No, he chose us. He chose us to be friends with. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I heard it, and when I first heard it, uh, I was like, yeah, well, maybe that is true. Um, someone said, you know that song, I Am a Friend of God? That's a, that song is so very uh, sacrilegious. It's so, you know, it's, it's not giving God the credit that he, and, and I'm like, well, you know, well, maybe. No! I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. God is my friend. God is my friend. And listen to this. Now, now I, I, I'm going to play a song at the very end of this. Uh, but before I do, listen, listen to this. Um, go to, to the next scripture here. Um, Exodus. Chapter 33. Listen to this. Inside the tent of meeting, verse uh, 11, it says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. How many of you realize there is no more tent of meeting? We, we are the tent. We're the tent. We're the tabernacle now. We're the meeting place of God. Listen to this. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord, speak, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. He had to go into a place, a tent. But the Bible says we are the tabernacle. Of God. We're, we're the tent of God. We are the house of God. Jesus lives down on the inside of us to be our friend. Now I want you to see the magnitude of those words, friend. We don't, we don't normally think of God as a friend. Matter of fact, sometimes I think we think that that is belittling of God. But he initiated it. He wants it. And he's intense about it. 
I said, he's intense about being our friend. He so wants to be our friend. He so wants to be in partnership with us in life. Are y'all getting this? He so wants to be our friend in every aspect of our life. He wants us to ask about what clothes to wear. Look at this man right here. He asked a friend about that. Look at it. Stand up for a minute. He didn't do this himself. Did he do this himself? Who helped him? Who? I know you did. He asked his friend. His friend helped him. His friend looked at him and said, you look good. You need that, that kind of tie and that shirt. And those, his friend, his friend told him in the minor details of his life, his friend affirmed him. Because he would have came out of here with polka dots on if his friend had not affirmed him in what he was wearing. And all of us do that. Our friend, my friend, my friend, my wife, Kimberly, she helps me in even the tiniest, minutest details of my life. She's my friend. She's my friend. And God infinitely is more than that in my life or should be more than that in my life. God meets with me. God meets with us that are his friends, and he talks to us face-to-face -face in our spirit, man. Now listen to this. I want us to get these things here. Are, are, are these things making sense to you this morning? I am a friend of God. Say that real loud. Now, so listen to this. What does it mean to be personal? Number one, pertaining to or coming as from a particular person, individual, private, a personal opinion. Pertaining to or coming as from a particular person, individual, or private. It's one thing to read it about how to make something in a book, but it's another thing to get it directly from the person who created it. Amen? It's one thing to, 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 to actually have a relationship with an institution than having a relationship with the person who's in charge of the institution. Are y'all with me? I think, I think I'm not sure, but I think most, most Christians, most Christians have a relationship with the institution of Christianity. Not the one who's in charge of the institution. So we do all of the things. We say all the kumbayas. We, we lift our hands up in worship and praise. We, we say the hallelujahs and all of those wonderful things, nothing wrong with them, but we don't, we, we don't know the one who is in charge of the institution. Listen to this other aspect of personal. It says, relating to, directed to, or intended for a particular person. A personal favor. Related to, directed to, or intended for a particular person. That's why this morning, there should be ever how many people in this room, there should be a particular message that you're receiving just for you, from your friend. Your friend should be talking to you right now. 
Your friends should be having a personal conversation while you're hearing this message. Your friends, let me tell you what that means for you in your life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, in your relating with other people. There should be that, that message going on so that everyone is like, ooh, oh, oh, so that nobody is turning off. No one is, is, is turning off the message because we're all hearing our own private personal message and we're all doing like this. Ooh, oh, oh, all around the room, people are going, oh, what was that? Oh, yeah, oh. At different times because their personal friend is talking to them at different times. And the personal friend is not just subject to here in this room, but you're driving down the road. And he says, look over there at that tree. You see that tree right there that's bearing fruit? And he gives you a whole conversation on the tree. Because he's with us all the time. He's always with us, giving us a new message. Talking to us, particularly. Just for you. Let's keep moving. Y'all will grant me two hours this morning, right? Since I've been away for a little while. Listen to this right here, and I think this is so true. This is, these are several points I want us to make out of what we've just talked about this morning. Nothing really makes sense until we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Holiness, giving, loving, praising, worshiping, going to church, etc. It makes no sense at all unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. None of it. It, it just, when, as I'm walking through the woods and he's sharing this with me, I'm like, you're right. Of course he's right. Nothing makes sense. And that's why people get weary and quit as opposed to, it says, it says don't grow weary in well-doing. What? In developing your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't go weary in getting to know him. That's what it's all about, singularly, simply. It is all about knowing him personally. It makes all the sense in the world to me. Just know him and everything else will begin to make sense. It makes sense. Church makes sense. Loving makes sense. Doing praise and worship makes sense. Because I'm getting it from the one who formed the institution, not the institution itself. That's what he came for. That's why we sometimes grow weary with religion. We get weary with religion because religion is an institution. Religion is a formality. Religion is not personal. It's just rote. It's just, this is the way we go to church, go to church, go to church. It has no substance to it because it doesn't have flesh on it. It's not personal. It's not coming from a personal person. And so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why I need to forgive someone when they've hurt me and they've offended me and they've done me wrong because you don't have a personal relationship. 
It will make sense when the person who is the mentor of your life, the personal friend, is talking to you and saying to you, you need to let that go. You need, that's not enough room for you to carry that and be with me at the same time. The only reason forgiveness does not make sense is because you don't have a personal relationship or we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Giving does make no How many of you know giving makes no sense at all? To give 10% or whatever, giving makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. It makes no sense whatsoever. I don't mean, why would we possibly give our money to an institution? It's because you are deemed it an institution as opposed to, I'm so grateful for my friend. I'm so grateful for my friend. I love my friend. Oh, my friend. My friend, I, I love my friend, and thus I will give out of obedience, out of obedience to his calling to me. He's telling me. He's talking to me. He, he wants me. He's letting me know this is a good thing. It's as though an investor comes into your life who is a personal friend, and he gives you an inside scoop on something. He says, listen, man, you need to put your money in over there. Something good is about to happen. But it makes no sense makes no sense if you don't have a personal relationship. And after a while, you will resent it. You will resent it because you don't have a personal relationship. You're just trying to get my money. It's only because you see it as an institution. And I don't blame you. If you see it as an institution, why would you? It makes no sense. Are y'all with me? Let's get a few more things here. Everything in the kingdom of God is dependent on how personal is yours, my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, now I, there's a scripture I want us to look at. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Because it, it, it bears that out. Listen to this. And it's a good measure. I was, as I was reading it, it's a good measure as to where you are relative to a personal relationship. Listen to this. Um, let me find it. Turn to... Um, Romans 14 and verse 17. Now we're going to use this going forward. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Here's, here's how you, whether or not you know you have a personal relationship or you just institutionalized. Now, without going into it for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into all, everything that led up to this scripture. But listen to verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, institution. Can I go to the bathroom? But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Now listen to me real quick. <laughs> listen. These are, the, these are how we know we're in personal relationship because of righteousness, 
his approval, peace, his, his, the acceptance of his approval, which brings about peace, and joy in our friendship, and joy in our friend. Are y'all with me? See, see, everything else is going to be going wrong around you, but he says, if you're in the kingdom, you're going to have a sense of rightness all the time. Peace, shalom, all the time. And joy in your friendship. Hey, listen to me. That's what qualifies. It's not, oh, did I do enough? Did I run enough? Did I go enough places? Did I do enough work? No, it has nothing to do with any of those things. It's, how's my relationship with my friend? Because when I have a relationship with my friend, then, then I don't have to worry about eating or drinking. There's going to be certain things I'm not going to eat or drink because of my relationship. Are y'all with me? I don't want to offend my friend. So that's the reason I'm not going to do it. There are certain things in my relationship with my wife. I don't do them not because I don't want to do them, because she don't want me to do them. I will, I, will, I will affect our relationship that way. There's no law. We have no laws in our house, none, zero. You're not going to go in our house and find the, the X's and O's or the one, two, threes of law. It's based upon relationship. I tell my children, you need to consider your actions because your actions are things that will cause a hurt to our relationship. Are you all with me? That will hurt our relationship. Do it for the relationship's sake. Not out of a law because the law will not sustain you. It doesn't give you strength. It doesn't give you energy. But the relationship will. The reason I've been with my wife for now uh, seem like 75 years. No, <laughs> just the reason I've been with her and the reason I've been with her and we have been together and I've been faithful to her is because of our relationship. And the, the whole of it, our children. I, you know what? I, I, want, I want to make sure that my children, my children are going to be okay because of the way I've treated their mother. I do it for the relationship. And because of that, most days than not, we have righteousness, we have peace, and we have joy in relationship. She loves me. I'm not hard to love, but she, she, she loves me. When I come home, man, when I come home in the day, I feel, I feel, if I don't have, I can have any kind of day I want. But when I come home, man, I've got righteousness, peace, and joy in relationship. Tiger gives it to me all the time. That's my dog. Every day, Tiger. Tiger is always, 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 hey, Master, you're just the best. And I know it. If nobody else is treating me right, Tiger is. No. But y'all get the, you all understand it. Relationship is where we gain righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen? I said amen. amen. And if, it, if it's not that way, what do we experience? 
then we, we are on, we're on, we're on, on eggshells, we're walking on ice, we, can't, we don't want to offend them, you know, don't shut the door too hard, you know, all those types of things because of a lack of relationship. We begin to be rule-oriented, law-oriented, because we're just seeking not to, to hurt them and, and we're walking by the law. You know, uh, listen to me, I want y'all to know this, a good friendship uh, uh, has a good fight in it. Y'all know a good friendship, like one of them good ones, you can fight in them. You can have some good, good fights, like not fist fights, but you can, you can, you can test the relationship. You can test the differences because in, at the end of the day, you know that there's righteousness. That's why God will test us in that way. He'll say, no, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking about? What are you? What do you, what do you, what kind of thought is that? What, what are you, what are you thinking, George? What, what do you, what, what is that all about? You know that's not in keeping with our relationship. I'm here to tell you that we can throw all the rules out the window. If you just hone in on your relationship, you're going to be straight. If you've equated Christianity to a list of do's and don'ts and you've missed it by 10,000 miles, it is on the relationship. Now, a person who is doing the do's and don'ts may look like the person who's got the relationship. But one is driven by relationship, the other one is driven by law. They can both produce seemingly the same thing, but one is so far away from God one is so far away, so far, far away, because in their life they don't have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. They're trying to get righteousness, peace, and joy from their works, and they come up end or short every single time. It's that righteousness. It's that peace that comes by way of relationship, a personal relationship. How personal is your personal relationship? Let me finish these last two points or three points, and we'll be done for the day because I want to have a church next Sunday too. So let's, let's keep on going here. So here's some attributes quickly of a personal relationship. I think all of us can identify with them, uh, those of us that have a personal relationship. Number one, closeness, right? Closeness will be an attribute. Togetherness, Right? Regular, say regular, regular communication. Anticipation comes out of relationship. You know, one thing that I do, it's not a lot, but I, I do this. Um, if, if I'm home uh, all day, and not all the time, but, but sometimes I just anticipate that if I'm home, I, I probably, if I'm home, I probably should wash the dishes. <laughs> you know, just, I, I probably, out of anticipation, I, I'm just probably, I just probably should wash the dishes. You know? But I like doing the dishes on my own, on my own terms. Who said that? 
on my own terms. I don't want you telling me I want them dishes done by the time I get home. I want to do it. She asked me, well, why, why does that bother you? Because it does. Any other person that just bothers you, if they tell you what you already know you need to do. I got one over here. Give me a second one, third, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, all right, cool. We're in the right place then, right? So, so anticipation, we, we, we like to be governed by the relationship. I'm doing this, baby, for you, baby. Watching these dishes. And then you, every now and then you can throw a little extra, right, a little extra onto it. You know, sweep the floor to it, mop it. Just every now and then. Not all the time. It's not get carried away. Not all the time. Just every now and then we might want to do that. But anticipation, that's a part of relationship. You anticipate something. There, listen, Kim and I talk more when we are away from one another than we do when we're with one another. Some ways, in some ways. Not, not always, but she calls me up. I'm talking to her on the phone about something. Not all the time. We don't spend every waking hour. But, but we, 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 we miss one another. When we're around one another, we still talk, obviously. But we anticipate. We, 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 can, we have some nonverbal language. Like, get out of bed and, and let me sleep in the bed by myself for a little while and when I come home from work. You know, that's nonverbal. I get out the room. <laughs> I just like, she needs that space, all right? Cool. But that's because of what? Relationship. Personal relation. Listen to this. Personal information. We share secrets. Are y'all with me? Our personal friend wants to tell you some secrets. We got secrets, man. We have secrets. I have se God, the Holy Spirit tells secrets. He lets us in on stuff. But you got to be personal with him in order to get those kind of secrets. Mood detection. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mood detection. You better be able to detect the moods. <laughs> right? You better be able. Mood detection. Well, we, well, the Holy Spirit, God in, the, in us, we, we, can, we can know the mood of God. Are y'all with we can know God, we can know the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we can know his mood. We can know his mood. We can know what, what he's up to, what, what, what he's feeling about certain things if we become more personal. You can be heading in a direction and you can say like Paul said, it just seemed good to me in the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit forbade me. That's a mood change. That's checking out the mood. There would be, I, I don't know about this, this friendship, this relationship over here. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know about this. That's the Holy Spirit saying, oh, no, 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 you might not want to engage in that, in that particular relationship. That could lead you into some bad places. And last on this one, intimacy. I want to finish this out. So intimacy, and, and we'll get into that a little more later. But intimacy. And that's, that's very easy to understand. Now here's, here's the last couple of things I want to leave with you. And I want you to grab hold of this. 
And if you're not doing this thing, you're missing out. To not read the Bible is like not reading a letter from your best friend. That's like getting stacks and stacks of letters from your best friend and just dismissing them. Putting them on the coffee table. Put them in the back seat of the car. Never to look at them again until the next Sunday. Got it right in front of you. Love letters from your best friend. And never picking it up to read what he has to say to you. That's a travesty. Your best friend in all the world wants to talk to you. He wants to give you information. He wants to give us information. And all we have to do is look up and read what he has to say to us every single day. Closeness, closeness, and watch and listen to him. And he wants to speak to us. There should not be a day that goes by where we've not opened up the letter and hear him speak wonderful things over us and hear him singing over us, his love song for us. That's what the word of God does for us. It sings over us and we anticipate, we hear it and we meditate upon it and we, we listen to it over and over again. And, and throughout the middle of the night we, we listen to or, or go back and reminisce over the love letter that we read earlier that day but how will you know how much he loves you if you never open up the book if you never open up the letter New Day Christian Church I want you to start reading your Bibles or your or your, your pad or whatever it is start reading it you may start out reading a love letter five minutes a day it might be ten minutes a day it might be fifteen minutes a day what difference are you from a non-believer if you don't read your Bible they say that the only thing different there is no difference between a person who reads who, can, who reads but won't read and one who cannot read there's no difference whatsoever and yet we have this wonderful love letter, wonderful love letter written for us. All we have to do is pick it up and read a little bit of it every day and think about what it says to us. So I'm calling you right now. I'm calling you Christians to have a personal relationship. I'm calling you to read your Bible. It has a wonderful letter in it. It has wonderful words in it of truth. Read your Bible. Have a reading plan where you go through the Bible maybe once a year or every other year. If you started reading 10 minutes a day right now, every day, then you would have more read this year than you had last year because you didn't do 10 minutes last year. So just start reading it and say, God, my friend, Jesus, Holy Spirit, talk to me while I'm reading your Bible. And, and through it, read and, and, and converse with him. Talk to him back. Pray back to him the scriptures. Last thing, to not pray is like not ever answering the phone call or calling of your best friend. Oh, it's my best friend. Oh, oh, it's my best friend. Oh, him again, her again. No, you don't do that to your best friend. Now all them in the lessers, <laughs> telemarketers, 
But your best friend? Your best friend? You're not going to talk to your best friend? You're not going to answer the phone call of your best, bestest, best friend? You're not going to answer his call? You're not going to talk to him? What's wrong with us? We can talk to our best friend every day. We can talk to him about our lives, what's going on, the challenges we're having, the good days, the bad days, all those things. Just talk to your best friend. Why leave the phone on the hook when you can call him up and tell him what you want? (laughs) Hey, he's my best friend. If he wakes me up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he sometimes does, and he just wants to talk. You know, some of the best messages for my life and even for this church has come in the wee morning, early morning wee, what do you call it, wee, 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 in the wees. <laughs> comes in the wees. It comes in the wees. And I drop in like, oh, oh. Oh, man. And you seem like you've slaved over it for a long time trying to get it. No, you just, you just listen to your personal friend. And your personal friend gave you a, a message. Mm. Last thing. The quality of our friendship is wholly dependent upon the degree of intimacy and transparency. The quality of our friendship is wholly dependent upon the degree of intimacy and transparency. Now, I'm I'm curious, real quickly as as we close this morning, I'm curious as to why we withhold from the one who knows every single thing about us. I mean, he knows everything about us. And yet, we won't even confess our sins to him. He says, if we'll confess them, we'll be cleansed. It ain't, it's not like it's going to disappoint him when he finds out, because he already knows. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, did you really do that, George? Oh, my goodness. Why are you, why are you, trying, to, why are you trying to hold it back? I mean, why, why, you, no, why didn't you tell me that? I, I didn't know. Yes, he knew. He knew it all. He, knew, he knows everything. So he says, I'm giving you an opportunity to just get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. Just, just get it off your chest. You know, you know uh, friend, you know what I did. Yeah, I know what you did, but I want you to know what you did. Um, I, 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 yeah, I know, but guess what? I done took care of that. You all right as opposed to walking around and pretending as though we've not done anything. I, George Logan, I want to go deeper in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want it to mean something to be personal with Jesus, to be personal with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't want just church. I don't want just doing the do. 
I want to have a personal, he speaks to me, I speak to him, we speak to one another. We go down the road together, we wake up together, we, we live life together. He tells me when I'm looking bad, he tells me when I'm looking good, he reminds me of what I need to do. That's what I want from Jesus, and he will do it. He wants it. Matter of fact, he's t intensely, he wants it. He's, 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 he, he, he doesn't need it, but he wants it. He wants intimacy with us. He don't want to just be holding on for dear life in this friendship. He's intensely in love with us. And so I want you to know this morning that we have nothing if we don't have a personal relationship. We have nothing whatsoever. And I'm not just talking about saving grace here. I'm talking about the grace that causes us to know and to be known by him. Many of you are already saved and you go to heaven when you die. But, but why don't you have a prelude to who you're going to get to really see when you get there? And kind of know him. Yo, yo, remember that last conversation we had just before I died? You know, just before I departed, remember we were talking about this? Let's, con let's continue the conversation now. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Is my imagination getting the better of me right now? Yeah, we're talking to God, talking to God, and then shoo, we're talking to God. Amen. Amen. How many of you want a personal, personal relationship? Like a personal, personal relationship with him. Where you start talking to him, man. Start talking to him about the least little things. And he will talk back to you. He will talk back to you. He will let you know some stuff. He'll let you know some stuff about your children and your family. He'll, he'll put you on the inside school of what you need to start praying for. A personal personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How personal is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? It's what the world needs. They don't need our religion. Listen, they don't need our comings and goings. They don't need our do's and our don'ts. They need a personal relationship. <coughs> a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.